I'm Rose Skeeters, host of From Borderline to Beautiful, a show about hope and recovery for BPD. Hello, and welcome to another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. All right, everybody, I hope you all enjoyed the recovery series that we had for Borderline Personality Disorder Awareness Month. Big shout out to all the guests, all of my clients who are willing to share their recovery stories, and to all of the people who have requested to share their recovery stories. We have so many more people willing to share. It's just so awesome to cultivate this kind of community of people being honest, sharing their story, and just letting everybody know that, yeah, it's hard work, but if you're willing to put in the work and the effort, you can recover. Things can get better. And remember, when we talk about recovery, I'm saying that you can recover from the dysfunction that is kind of created when you have a hyperbolic or a hypersensitive temperament or trauma in your past coupled with that temperament. You know, you cannot change your temperament, but you can recover from the dysfunction that accompanies this hypersensitivity. So, All of that being said, we have moved into June. I know it's Thursday, so I also want to say thank you so much for your patience here because usually we release episodes on Wednesday, but it was Memorial Day weekend and we got to be out and celebrate the weekend, celebrate our fallen heroes here in America and you know the people that serve our country to keep our country free that's a really important holiday to us so i appreciate your patience with us recording here on thursday all right speaking of memorial day we got to spend time with friends and family and you know it just got me to thinking about relationships and you know trauma and safety and really just how to cultivate connection with other people As you guys know, because you live it, borderline personality disorder is a disorder of disconnection. So I can go out throughout really my whole day and not really connect with anyone if I so choose to do that. Because we're kind of driven by a motor and it is easier. You know, even to this day, I will say that, you know, life can be easier if I only have to look out for me. I'm not really interested in things that are easier, though, because, you know, it's also lonely after some time to have to live like that. So I know that my connection with others and my affection with others, it has to really be intentional. And, you know, so I was thinking, gosh, how did I get to the point where I can go to a barbecue and I can have a good time? Where I can go, you know, and sit with other people and meet new people and smile and make eye contact with them and just feel confident in my ability to socialize with people that I know and people that I don't know. And I really wanted to share my perspective on this, you know, this week in this episode because I think it will really help you not only socialize with other people, but if you're not there on your recovery journey, if you are a little bit, I guess, kind of, you know, waiting to the to get to the space where you have people to socialize with or where you're willing to socialize with other people, that can help you here too. So what I've noticed when I was, you know, at these barbecues and just spending time with family and some new friends that we made here is that, I have learned to cultivate 
this sense of safety, this sense of, you know, this kind of bubble around me for the people that come in contact with me. And what I mean by that is instead of focusing on the way that I feel, how insecure I feel, how anxious I feel when I'm in a social environment, what I'm doing is I'm wanting other people who come in connection or in contact with me in these social situations to feel loved, to feel supported, and to feel like I want the best for them. Even a stranger, they're coming into my circle. I just want them to know that I want the best for you and you deserve to have a space where, you know, you can have someone to communicate with you like that. We were at, you know, a place over the weekend and, oh my gosh, we were just having such a great time. You know, we do have some family members or just people that we know that also struggle with having, you know, mental illness, borderline personality disorder. I feel like, like there's just a lot of people out there that kind of struggle with identity development now. So, you know, I don't necessarily know whether or not we can walk around diagnosing people and I don't like to do that. You know, but I will say that there were some things, you know, that I was noticing about some younger folk who were hanging out, younger kids. You know, one of the things that I noticed is that, you know, there was a there was a group of people and they were sitting sort of like behind where we were sitting and they were, you know, loud, having a great time, just like talking, you know, you know, rapping with each other, just laughing, telling each other stories. And it was awesome because they were having fun, you know, but some of the kids there were kind of like, oh, they're too loud. They're annoying. You know, they're, you know, just kind of hating on the people having a good time. And I thought to myself, that was me. Like that used to be me. I would absolutely sit in social situations and spend my time focusing on everybody else and judging the people around me. And it's really like to admit that is a difficult thing because, you know, I, I don't know. It's like, it's like when Facebook pops up those time hops where you have to read what you wrote like five, six years ago. Oh my gosh, (laughs) definitely embarrassing. You know, but that was a moment where I had, and I just thought, you know, if I share this with you guys, I think it will really be helpful to you, you know, to understand the difference between living and between being in your head, you know. So in this scenario, the individual, the you know, younger individual was really kind of just torn up that the people were having a good time. It was like the voices were annoying. They were too loud. They were just Karens, you know, this term Karen. And it's like my question, you know, to you, if you're someone who feels like when you're in the community that you're judging other people or you hate people or everyone sucks or whatever kind of uh, storyline you have is why, you know, why do you feel that way? You know, and I remember when I was going through things like that when I was younger, the reason why I would act in that way is because I personally didn't know how to connect with people. And I was so insecure that it was easier for me to go and just kind of judge other people. I also judged myself a lot in the same way. So it didn't matter whether or not I was at a barbecue or a party or wherever. I would still judge myself looking in the mirror even. 
And I think, you know, that's true for this individual that I kind of witnessed having this interaction at the bar at the, you know, over the weekend, you know, and, 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 and the concern I had, like, I just felt like, gosh, like, you know, it's so sad you know, to have to be in the space where you hate yourself so much that you won't even allow anyone in your circle or in your bubble to even love you back. So even if someone did want to have fun with you, or even if someone did want to love you, you wouldn't let them anyway. You know, and I know a lot of you can relate to that, you know, inside. I know even whether or not you're, you know, a more outward BPD, right? Like rageful kind of thing, like intense, like I was like a fighter, right? Or whether you're more quiet, BPD. There is this, you know, intense level of self-hatred and that judgment that of other people, it really comes out and judgment of self. It really, you know, it comes out in these negative ways and it's just so heartbreaking to watch you know that happen so I had you know some moments where I was back in my old self kind of thinking like gosh the kind of pain that I was in when I was marginalizing myself right and so what I mean by that is when you're insecure you hate yourself you hate the people around you you won't let anybody connect with you because you're scared of being rejected right like you marginalize yourself and so, I mean, you separate yourself from the group. Like, so we call everyone Karen, for example. So Karen, if you're not familiar with it, it's like the suburban mom term, I think, right? So it's like this judgment, right? Like you, you shouldn't be like normal or like take care of your kids or whatever. And maybe there's more to it than that, but it's not nice to call people names in general. At least that's kind of how I operate because I want to be a good person. And I just want everyone to know that, you know, I have love for them because everyone has their own walk, right? So we look at this like Karen, you know, I can't, it's like saying like, I can't be normal like you. I just can't show up somewhere to a social situation and connect with people and look them in the eye and so because I can't do that I need to separate myself from them I need to make sure that I judge them and call them names and I'm going to be over here and my attitude is going to be like I'm better than them especially if it's like outward right BPD more intense or maybe it's more you know that's like the bravado or the show that's put on you know, so it's important to understand that, first of all, the happiest people are people that are not walking around judging other people, right? The happiest people or the most content people are the people walking around really wanting to understand what other people are about, wanting to know other people, wanting to connect with other people. You know, and another thing to understand is that you can't get past quote unquote social anxiety or social awkwardness or connect with people, have friends, not have people leave you. If you continue to kind of go through this cycle with yourself of I'm different, people need to accept me for who I am. I'm, you know, marginalized. I'm, you know, whatever label you're going to throw out there. I mean, gosh, there are so many labels. I even learned this weekend that there are pronouns, not just like he, she, and they, but like you can, you can pick whatever pronoun, like bunny or zebra. I just, these things, they blow my mind. Like, I think that you should be accepted for who you are, 
right? And I think that's very important, but I don't think that you should be accepted, you know, by a label. I don't know how that's going to help kind of with identity, you know, but that's what happens because you kind of feel like, well, I can't trust myself. I can't trust the world around me. So I'm going to create a different category for myself and I'm going to stay in my category and I'm not going to connect with other people. And it's just, you know, it's a very disconnecting way to be. So, you know, I, I see it as something that I wanted to address t- today, kind of to talk about, well, one, what can you do to break that habit? You know, I know that it's hard to let go of these old behaviors. And it really did take me a long time to like want to care about what other people in social situations were saying. I was focused on how did I look? Did my, you know, did I have something on my face? Did my hair look okay? Are my glasses weird looking? Like what are my clothes okay? Do I look you know such a way like fat whatever right like that was like the thing that really I was thinking about when I was supposedly interacting with other people because again I had like marginalized myself so it was really a path that I had to walk and the way that I walk that path is I started with step one which is to cultivate and create a sense of safety and a sense of love within myself And what I had to do in order to do that is to nurture myself. So if you think about, you know, how can I reconnect with myself so that I can then in turn stop marginalizing myself in society and begin to learn how to connect with other people and to cultivate that sense of safety for others so that then when they come to me, they can feel that love and feel that support. And so what I would ask you to do is get out your notepad, your journal, if you're, you know, a note taker, or just kind of use this question as self-reflection, you know, and think if I were to come to you and I had nothing, you know, I was broken down, I had no place to live, I was rejected, maybe I even like am coming to you as Rose with BPD and I like cut myself and I'm suicidal, How would you take care of me? How would you bring me into your home or into your space and create a safe environment for me? So really think about like, what would that look like? I have asked this question throughout the week in some individual sessions, and I've gotten some beautiful answers because I know that the individual with BPD, the intention the heart intention that's kind of buried underneath the pain and trauma over the years is to love people. So the answers were, well, I would take you in and I would make sure you had access to the remote and I would, you know, make you something to eat and I would light candles and I would give you space. I would speak with you and I would make sure that you had everything that you needed. And over time, I would give you space and ask you questions to try to connect with you, to make you feel loved. So if those are the things that you would do for me or for a stranger coming into your life who you perceive to be broken, what would you be able to do or change in your routine today to take care of yourself the way that you would take care of someone else? What would that look like? For me, that means waking up every morning and getting my coffee, We have a Nespresso machine 
you know, and the coffee that I drink in the morning, this is kind of funny, right? Is Intenso. That's the name of the coffee. Very fitting for my temperament. And after I drink my Intenso coffee, I take care of myself by taking my thyroid medication at the same time in the morning. And that's important because I have an autoimmune disease. And so I need to take care of myself. There was a time in my life where I didn't take my medication or I would throw it out or all these other things. Like I just avoided or was like defiant towards taking care of myself. But in this effort to cultivate this safe environment for myself, what I have learned to do is take my, you know, my thyroid medication. Then I go outside, you know, because it's beautiful here and I love being outside and we have rocking chairs on our porches and I like to rock. So I'll rock and I'll read the Bible and I will, you know, reflect on the things that I'm grateful for and really try to connect with myself. So I'm cultivating this like space for myself of nurturing and then I'll go into my work day and I'll make sure that I'm drinking water and that I'm eating when I need to eat. And I make sure that I'm working out and connecting with my family. I make sure that I set good boundaries around my time. I spend time with my dogs. I spend time having fun, playing basketball. I spend time doing hobbies because I want myself to have this experience where I'm given the things that I need consistently and I'm really taken care of. So I purposely set up my day in order to nurture myself. At first, if you're struggling with this kind of concept, what I would suggest that you do, and we talked about this in earlier episodes, is create a schedule for yourself. What time are you going to wake up? What does your gratitude practice look like in the morning? How many times a day do you need to do this gratitude practice? Do you eat? You have, do you have an eating disorder? Okay, so how can you take this disordered behavior and just nourish your body? I'm sure you can figure some tips and tricks to start out on that path. Write them down. Schedule that in your day. Are you not working right now? Are you, you know, on disability? Are you trying to figure out what to do with your time? A lot of the times people will come to me and they say, oh, I, well, I have this DBT workbook, but I kind of crack it and kind of don't. And sometimes I work in it, but I don't really know what else that I need to be doing. Create a schedule. You know, I'm going to do my um, gratitude practice, drink my coffee, take a shower, have breakfast, do my DBT workbook, and then at 11 o'clock, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to drink water at this time. I'm going to Google a healthy recipe. And then I'm going to cook that food. I'm going to light a candle for myself. And I'm just going to listen to some calming, you know, not rageful music and just really take care of my body and take care of myself. I want you to practice doing that each day to create a safe space for yourself in the same way that you would care for someone else. And if you have roadblocks, think about how would I care for someone who I perceive to be broken that was coming into my life? What would I do for them? And do that for you. And once you get to the place where you feel like I've got this down pat I'm good to go I really you know I feel like I 
I love, I'm starting to love myself, I'm starting to connect with myself, then the next step, step two, is to make eye contact with people when you're in the community. So you can start with strangers, because I admit it is easier to connect with someone you've never, or make eye contact with someone that you've never, you're never really going to see again, likely, than it is to make eye contact and connect with, say, a family member, especially if you have a history with family where there's like a back and forth, a tantrum episodes kind of thing. But just, you know, go in the community knowing that you're a good person and you've created and cultivated this place of love for yourself, make eye contact with someone in the community and you know do your best to make them feel like you love them i promise you guys that it is a game changer when you start focusing on other people and making them feel love and making them feel so supported because you know thinking about how that works right I've created this safe space for myself, safe space for myself, and now I'm trying to create that safe space for other people to enter into. Creating that kind of loving environment is something that everyone wants, craves, and needs. We are human beings and we need love and connection. So, you know, if you think about it that way, like imagine that you are someone who is is worried that people will leave you. Well, people will not leave you if you want them there and you want the best for them and you're willing to lay down your insecurities to connect with them, to give them the opportunity to feel like no matter what insecurities they have, they can feel safe with you and they can feel like, you know, they are you know, they're going to get love from you. So the step three, if you're in the space where you do have social situations that you're attending or, you know, social events or even relationships that you're wanting to improve is when you go into these situations, anytime you meet someone new, put on the hat of connection Put on your unconditional love hat, your unconditional support hat. Try something new. Remember that we live in a society of people who many people have mental illness. Sure, it is still stigmatized 100%. However, it is much more well known than it was many years ago. And if you're reading people's body languages and you're looking up, you'll see that people are often have closed posture, meaning that the people you're in relationship with have insecurities too. So if you put on your unconditional love hat and you go and you say, hi, thank you for inviting me. Thank you for having me. And you look them in the eye, you ask them how they're doing and you're just appreciative of them as a person. What you're going to do is you're going to change the dynamic between you and that person and between you and yourself. Because instead of thinking, am I fat? Do I look ugly? Do they think I'm, you know, an idiot? I have nothing to say. You're thinking how can I love this person this person is beautiful you want to find things about that person that are beautiful find them and really highlight them you know actually Jay had this amazing idea over the weekend and when we were you know hanging out with some kids that were a little bit insecure you know and I was saying gosh like this person is so beautiful I just wish they knew how beautiful they were and he was like (laughs) 
okay, well, why don't you just tell them that? So I was like, whoa, light bulb, ding, you're right. You know, I could just do that, you know. And so you you can go to someone and you can say, you just look beautiful today. Is it weird? I mean, I'm sure a lot of you would say maybe that's weird or think, you know, you just people don't do things like that. You're right. People don't do things like that. But that's why it's important to do things like that, to go to someone that you love and to play up their strengths. You look beautiful today. Or you're so good at X, Y, Z. Or I love your house. You know, I love the space that you're in. You know, find things about someone not that you don't like or that like makes you feel better about you. So, you know, you can kind of prey on that and, you know, gain that for your ego. But find things that, you know, that you love about that person and then tell them. You know, be honest. You know, I don't go around kind of making it up. I don't say that someone's beautiful if I don't think that, but I find the thing that I perceive to be beautiful about them and then I let them know. And so I'm really envisioning when I have my unconditional love hat on and I have my unconditional support hat on that I am creating a safe space for myself and for the people that enter into this, you know, let's say like bubble around me. And that really helps connect me in social situations. You know, it just makes me feel like instead of trying to one up the people around me or instead of like going to a social situation and just waiting to leave, you know, I don't I've used to do that in the past. So I'm not sure if anybody out there does that. But, you know, you go to a barbecue and, you know, it's like starts at a certain time. But then you kind of are just like waiting to leave because you're you know, you don't like being in social situations. So that's not something that we do you know when we go to spend time with people we go to spend time with them and we stay until we feel like we have to either go get the dog because we do have animals or we stay until it's over right because we want to connect with people you know and so it's just really just shifted the entire you know dynamic for us of social situations just looking at connecting so this month I'm really going to be doing a series about moral compass work and how to create your moral compass I know a lot of people love that episode and they really want more of that so I'm going to offer that first I want you to start to create this nurturing loving environment creating a safe space for yourself and for the people that enter into relationship with you that's step one i will go through each moral on the moral compass for the you know next few episodes in addition to answering any q a that people have so that's the end of the episode today just to recap Step one, create that safe space for yourself by taking care of yourself the way you would take care of someone else. Step two, go out into the community and start to make eye contact and cultivate a love, love for other people. And then step three is when you're in a social environment, make sure that you're taking that bubble of safety and you're giving that or offering that safe space to the people who enter into relationship with you, wearing your unconditional love, your unconditional support hat, and actually being interested in what they have to offer by laying down your insecurities for them. That's how we begin to cultivate this moral compass, this sense of safety, this sense of trust in yourself and beginning to be vulnerable and to reach out and to have that sense of safety and trust for other people. 
Another in other news, we're going to have just some announcements. I have been getting a lot of requests asking about groups. We will be doing groups in the fall. The groups are 12 weeks in long. They include um, connection outside of groups. So there's group once a week. There'll be opportunity for texting with me if there's a you know question need arise there's homework every week for the groups and there's also an app that we will use so it can kind of teach people how to connect with each other in positivity so teaching not just how to connect about the bpd but how to have a good friendship and like teaching those social skills in the in the group dynamic so it's going to be a lot of fun we're going to do one for women one for men we're going to do one for Um, or people who identify as women, one for people who identify as men, and then we're going to do a group that is for family. So really excited about that. Definitely stay tuned for the website, on the website for this information. Right now it's not updated. It will be working on that logo and making that change over. Also in the upcoming weeks in the summer months, you're going to see a switch from Thrive Online Counseling to Skeeter's Strength Mindset Coaching System. Jay and I are collaborating. We're going to create a series of videos that people can purchase in addition to listening to the podcast in the event that you want more support, but yet don't necessarily want that individualized coaching. So, so many really great things happening. Yes, we're also got a workbook coming out. Um, so we just, I just want to take time to thank you all for your support and to let you know that things will be coming. Lots of big things coming. So have a great week, everybody. I will see you or talk to you next week on another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. Hi, my name is Brad Shattuck. I also run a borderline personality disorder podcast. It's called Living in the Third Degree with BPD. And I listen to yours a lot because you give good perspectives on the other side for somebody that has BPD. And my podcast is more based on the opposite side of somebody who doesn't have BPD but lives with somebody who has one. Me and my wife have been together 34 years, but actually we're divorced three years ago, but we were married for 28 years. My point being, the episode I just listened to, Why Is Everything My Fault, was the most unbelievable episode that I have ever heard coming from somebody who is recovering from BPD, but your perspectives on your side was so honest and open and unbelievable. I just want to give you so many props, but thank you very much. Hey, Brad, thank you so much for reaching out to me and for um, letting us know about your podcast. We'll definitely check it out. And also just for taking that time to, you know, give that shout out. Yeah, that episode, it's always my fault. It's very difficult, you know, for someone who's gone through what we've gone through to really accept that. But I just think it's so important that we acknowledge and take, you know, full personal responsibility for our behaviors as part of our recovery process. So keep on keeping on. And again, thank you so much for uh, the shout out. Okay, thanks for listening. That was from Borderline and Beautiful, a production of Thrive Mind Body, LLC. 
online coaching that helps frustrated individuals, resentful couples, and disconnected families navigate through tough times. Visit us on the web at thriveonlinecounseling.com. If you like this show, remember, you can hear it on Anchor or Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or any app that you use to listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get a new episode every Monday. If you want to get in touch, you can leave me a voice message. Some of you had some comments and questions from the last episodes, and I'd love to hear whatever questions you have, too. Just download the Anchor mobile app, search for From Borderline to Beautiful, and tap the message button to send me a voice message. We'll have all those links in the show description. Okay, we made it. Thanks again for listening. I'm Rose Skeeters, and I'll be back next week with another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. Talk to you then.